0: me get on the record recording in progress okay we're we're live we're live um hello audience
1: this is the dudes cast brought to you by austin
0: and levi
1: and levi and we're just a couple of couple of dudes just a couple of dudes a couple of dudes casting you know we're just trying to uh you know, discuss literature and, and maybe and hopefully an entertaining way, but as we will discuss probably in this podcast, this very podcast, delivering information in an entertaining way has
0: its negative downsides. Indeed, indeed. Um, indeed. The name of this book has always been a challenge for me, but I, I finally have <laughs> nailed it. It's amusing uh, Ourselves to Death.
1: Yes, Amusing Um, Ourselves to Death, Public Discourse in the Age of Show Business by Dr. Neil Postman. I don't know what he's a
0: doctor of. Please don't ask me. (laughs) (laughs) I would have
1: to guess he's a doctor of like what, communication?
0: Yeah, communications, political science, probably anthropology or something like this. What was the word? Episteology. Epistemology. Yeah, epistemology. Uh, so some something of this realm it seemed right. like literature it seemed like literature could be a thing as well who knows
1: could be he's a doctor or something he might humanities. just be a, yeah probably but then again he might be a doctor or like a fake doctor like shack or something you never yeah. know you, you never know with these people <laughs> so um i guess uh, try to do a breakdown of the book it's nonfiction, and um I guess we'll try to do a breakdown of it. It's kind of like an informative book, so it's going to kind of be hard to give a general synopsis. But um, perhaps just the main thesis of this book is that in this day and age with this technology that we have, um, we're kind of losing what makes us human, right? Would you say that? I guess
0: you could say that. Um, It's it's even hard to say like in this day and age because this book... uh, it's from the eight, 1985, but it, mm-hmm. I mean, that's so pre all of the things that are daily use now that it's, it's frankly pretty outdated. <laughs> I felt like, like see, you know,
1: I, f- I felt that it was outdated, but it still kind of stands the test of time because he talks a lot about the TV age. And of course now all us millennials are cutting cords and stuff. But if you just replace the TV monitor with phone screen, I still, I think it's still the point rings true.
0: Yeah, I mean the point does ring true. Um, I don't know. I actually have a lot of pushback on it, but I'm Ooh. I'm willing to I'm willing to hear. Why don't you give like the general synopsis first, and then we'll okay. kind of get into the nitty gritty. So, he, Doctor Neil
1: Postman, uh, breaks this book down into two parts. The first part he gives us um, how uh, the type typography typographic. Mm-hmm. uh the written word so to say is has changed all of humanity for the good when the printing press came out in the 1800s or 1700s whenever it did it changed the way we think and we perceive things we view the world and it changed it all kind of for the intellectually better he would say um however, And he moving forward into part two, he discusses that we're in this type of peekaboo world, peekaboo meaning that, you know, everything's just all at once and immediate and you don't really have a time to digest your information and it's just there and then it's gone. It's there and it's gone, but it's never it's never sustaining. And so part two is just talking about it goes into a little bit about politics, how we just digest politics in like a very superficial way, how we digest religion in a very super, superficial way and also education is just becoming so entertainment oriented and then moving away from the analytical word. And I guess that's the best summary I could probably try to give. What it, is there anything that you disagree with what I said or wanted to elaborate on?
0: No, I mean, I can, I can just add... Uh pretty much saying the same thing but maybe a little bit more color and context on my end but it seemed like that where it was just like we started as orators um and then we started uh writing and then there was like a a golden age of writing and I thought there was some interesting kind of uh relative statistics that he gave about like you know Thomas Paine's common sense and how basically that's like that was as widely read as like the Super Bowl Right. And so like there's like a debate on what's more educational or whatever. Right. And then uh, he moves on to talk about like radio and then TV and just basically all these different forms of media and how they relate with uh, public discourse, learning, entertainment in general. Um, So, yeah, I think you know, it's, a. I think if you want to go ahead and get into like the nitty gritty, we can, we can go ahead and do that. Um, but first of all, I can, I'm kind of curious to th- hear your thoughts about you messaged me yesterday, uh, that you were taking a little media purge or whatever, cause you're not going to be on anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Did and, you, uh, uh, so did you read this book or did you listen to it?
0: I listened to it. Yeah.
1: So I'm not sure if the, uh, audio book had this in it, but it had like a, four, a little bit of a foreword. this book did, and it talked about how professors would um, have this book in their curriculum, and then he would give his students a little experiment to go on a 24-hour screen fast, or a media fast, I think he called it, um, and so that's what I did. I was like, you know what, just for scientific purposes and for this beautiful, lovely audience, I will go 24 hours without trying to get on a screen. And
0: uh, you didn't. Difficult.
1: Do it. I did. <laughs> what do you mean I did? I did. I you, did.
0: I sent you a message way before the the deadline. I sent it in twenty four hours ish.
1: I reply. I got on my phone at like five, and I think I told you at like five thirty or okay, something. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Twenty four hours ish. Twenty three and a half hours, if you want to be correcto mungo sorry <laughs> levi 30 minutes shy she's but um just random little things throughout the day and obviously you could probably kind of do this thought experiment without putting you like suffering but like simple things like going to the gym without music in my ears you know what i'm saying because that would require me having to get on my phone and find spotify or going to take a poo i was like all right i'm a poo. Oh, and then geez, I was like, the worst and then i was like and i was like where's my phone? And I was like, well, shit, (laughs) you
0: know, I just got to shit here.
1: Yeah. I just got to sit at the, look at the wall. And yeah. So poops became, you know, instead of like a 10 minute, 15, I was like, you know, three minute, and, um, stuff like that, like finding a recipe, like I'm cooking a steak tonight. And I was like, Oh, I need to figure out what time I want it in the oven. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I would have to get on Pinterest or something. It was <laughs> I just I to
0: call my mom. <laughs>
1: yeah, but even that, yeah, I tried to stay away from texting. I didn't text anybody, and I mm. didn't pick up the phone. I ignored a lot of people, and uh, sorry about that. But, yeah, it was um, miserable. And so I, I would say maybe don't go to that extreme fasting, but I was curious. I was like, maybe don't go. This is my be my suggestion after doing that. Don't go to the extreme of just purging yourself from media, but just try to be under the average of either your daily use or mm-hmm. the average use of Americans. I've got conflicting reports, but I looked it up. On average, Americans spend about 10 hours a day on their screen. And some some reports even have it 17 hours on a screen, whether that on TV, any on tablet, any tablet, TV, tablet, phone, 10 to 17 hours. It's, it's kind of, that's kind of a wide range, but yeah. a couple different seem incredible websites said that I believe the 10 hour one for sure. So maybe just try to be under that, you know, maybe I mean,
0: it's, it's unreal. I mean, I'm definitely in that heavy user category for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I use my phone for so much of stuff, just personally mm-hmm. uh, with relationships, entertainment, work, and then I'm constant. I have two laptops that I'm on all day. And then like to unwind, I'll like watch YouTube or TV. So yeah. like, no question. <laughs> I'm one yeah. of those people. Not so much on the weekends, but during the week, for sure. Like the day will, you know, I'll look through the that window all day. Mm. Um, and I think that's what he's kind of like getting
1: to. He he talks about how like he wanted to make sure that he said that like screen usage and using it for entertainment and zoning out isn't inherently bad. It's when you expect that and you lose your attention and you lose your memory and you lose all these things that humans should be holding as valuable. When you lose all those, that's when using media becomes bad.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah. And that's, that's pretty interesting takes that he had there but to me it just seems so outdated because everything he said I was just like yeah buddy you should look at it now you know first of all that was my (laughs) that was my first thing and then second of all there's been a lot of like you know counter evidence to like he inherently no matter what he said he inherently like he would maybe have a caveat sentence and then just like totally hose everything as being entertainment and he's not wrong but also it's like that was a product of his time you know and it's like TV has definitely changed. And the the difference between TV and books is the longevity. So it's like we still will read, you know, Thomas Paine's uh, Common Sense, whereas like there's no kind of like canon television show from like the 1980s that everyone needs to go through, you know, or whatever to
1: disagree brady bunch it's your background right now on no and like (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah i mean that's one of the brilliant things about this is like we have irony right (laughs) but and like that's obviously what i'm doing but for real like no one has to go back and watch any show from anything uh like maybe some film classes like we there might be like oh you need to watch like citizen kane and chinatown apocalypse now but like you know not even really you know so i would whereas books we still definitely hold them at that same reverence um and then second to that he was but saying, do we
1: i mean i mean the ma- vast majority of people aren't reading i would the say majority, the people that read like a book a week i don't know probably like what below a below 33
0: 100 100 but i don't think that it's hard because we're we're given so much info and so many books are packaged different. Books are movies, books are fifteen minutes. Hey, what is this? Books are audiobooks like what I just did. And I think like if you think about people who listen to audiobooks and people who do podcasts, I think that that number is very highly skewed. I mean, the the most important, you know, company that exists in our world right now, Amazon, was a bookseller. Uh, so it's still very much like a part of what we do. And even if there are people who aren't reading a book a day or something like this, um, what I was saying is that the reverence of which we hold books is still very, very high. And I just, you know, and the, the, the idea that something needs to be entertaining, to be educational, that also was like a pushback for me where I was like, clearly things are like trending in the way of like we need to marriage fun and education and like that's just not going to go away um so I had some like pushback moments but uh I think I had I've heard this argument a lot before in different essays and and presented in novels and I just you know when I was seeing it in this format I just wasn't you know it wasn't resonating as much because it was like he gave praise it's because, it's
1: because you listened to the audiobook book you didn't read it you lost a bit of the translation
0: no honestly no it's it's like he gave praise to Huxley's Brave New World when really he should have just been like put this book down and read that <laughs> like I mean,
1: yeah but people but even that People still want to think that we're living in a 1984 Orwell world where we're going to have some authoritarian figure be make himself completely known and throw you into a prison or internment camp and destroy all information. That's people love to be like, oh, Trump and the right wing are vlogging Hitler, no. and it's like that's not true at all. And 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 that book is far more popular and and used in reference to to today's society than Huxley and Brave New World.
0: And yeah, well, it's no, it's, it's, it's because it's taught in the state it's that's, that's in so many like curriculums, whereas Huxley isn't for whatever reason. I don't know. Uh, because, but I mean, that's the only reason that's more popular. I feel like it's, but it's just even exposure. even
1: your education point, I do feel like, uh, some of his points were ringing true with his whole, uh, when you expect uh, education, when a kid expects education to be entertainment and fun, then all of a sudden, that kid grows up to be not all of a sudden, but gradually, that kid grows up to expect his politics, his science, his religion, all to be entertaining. And that kind of rings true when you think about how many kids are diagnosed with ADD and how our, our education system is
0: failing and all the above i mean there's so many problems in the world today it's it's i've spent a lot of time with the people who are like younger than us and and if you ever just even like go on tiktok or something and you just see like education on tiktok it's fun as hell and like there's definitely a way that this can be fun and word problems can be like every day like for instance earlier this morning I was on TikTok and I saw a learn on TikTok type page and some kid jumped off his roof and like landed on the ground and just was like built different. And then it immediately cut to like a math teacher and the math teacher was like, is this person really built different? And then they like did all this crazy equations about, uh, you know, could an actual human, could an average human do this? And it was basically like a textbook word problem, but it was in short video form on uh kind of like an entertainment website right was and it popular so,
1: was that video did that video have a lot of likes or a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah, millions, millions
0: yeah yeah and like um and so i don't know it's just hard because i'm sure at the time that this book was written um it made a lot of sense but the internet like the internet and television has grown up so much that a lot of like his points about like advertisements have have kind of changed a little bit. His points about like can people sit and actually have like, un, like watch a third three hour conversation. I mean that's very true. I know Joe Rogan's podcast. It's like I want to sit there and watch it <laughs> for three hours, yeah. just like just like they did in the old days when they had mm-hmm. the uh, lecture halls. They'd go and watch people talk for three hours. It's like I want to do that, and I like doing them. And I have the option now to like just do audio if I want, but it's like, sometimes I choose to just do the video. The thing, right.
1: That- but I think even with that, like I figure if, I figure if this uh, writer could have seen what podcasts grew, have grown up to be and have become, um, he would like kind of correlate that with reading because to your point saying like he, I, he brought up how Abraham Lincoln and somebody else debated for three hours and it was in a format where uh one uh person would talk for an hour and then the next person would talk for 30 minutes rebuttal and back and forth back and forth and so he was making the case that political debates aren't like that anymore because you have like reagan uh talking for about five minutes and then it'll go to the another person for two minutes and then you'll have a break in the action and it'll be an advertisement and then and that's very true. How our debates are—it's not like po- uh, podcasts. Podcasts, like you just said, you know, with Joe Rogan, you have a three-hour conversation, and podcasts are extremely popular right now because people do want that. They want mm-hmm. that untethered. They want to move away from this bullshit, quick bit, quick clip advertisements of and propaganda. And so, I would think that he would appreciate this author would appreciate podcasts, and he would appreciate. Audiobooks books, probably equally yeah. as he does books. But at the same time, he does seem like a book homer.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> you know and you're 100% you're 100% correct. Uh, especially about like the advertisements. I think like his r- rally call at the end was like, we need to take advert political advertisements out of, uh, you know, t- television or whatever. Um, but what I'm trying to say is like, I think that, you know, the the age of the debate being on television is dying slowly and i think people go and watch that like they go and watch mayweather versus logan paul but if they really are curious about their candidate they'll they'll listen like bernie sanders for instance i feel like if they were really curious about their candidate they would go see the hour-long just talk with joe rogan as opposed to going to an hour long debate with his, uh, democratic primary candidate. Sure. Definitely. So I think like that is going to be more the trend and we are kind of in the final stages of what he talked about. Um, and I, I think, so I think a lot of the things have just matured out of his original, um, like out of his claims. I think we've, we've matured out of it. And in a lot of ways we've, you know, there's, it's just so much more vast now that it's like, if you want to just like be a world star hip hop internet user, you can be. And it's like, if you want to be like highly intellectual and challenging yourself all the time, it's like, you can be as well. So it's much more interactive. And it's not so the thing about the television, it's all force fed to you when it's like, I don't feel force fed at all. Like I can sit on the internet and like choose what I want, you know, which is more interesting. One thing so I you, did you, so you
1: didn't like the book is that is that what I you're did getting like at? the book
0: I just I mean to to be honest like it just wasn't new information and it kind of was just like I I thought I thought I'd read things from other people that said it better and that had better like um, looks into like what the future would be and so I, I was kind of just reading it just like eh, it felt like required reading or something Uh, (laughs) but I will say that the parts that I did like and that I resonated most with were that the the human parts where it's like we don't even talk to each other we entertain each other I've felt that strongly a lot of times when I'm talking to people um especially like have you ever talked to somebody where you kind of like me and you do this because we will talk to each other and we'll kind of like we'll we'll change our voice a little bit and be like oh yeah, yeah yeah, or like we'll hit a movie quote real quick and then immediately we'll both snap back into our conversation um just because like there's no, no. we want the giggle yeah we want the we want the entertainment and that's very much like hey the camera's on or like type vibe that yeah. actually hit me pretty hard because i remember that's a cultural thing like the stand-up comedy gotta make you laugh movie quote thing is like like, people in other countries don't do that. And, like, if you try to do that with like a French person or something, they'll just like, What like, the fuck is wrong fuck with are you? You? Doing? You, like you, <laughs> you look, you sound like Peter Griffin, you know, like you don't make
1: sense. Um, like, what does he always say? That reminds me of the time that Lois did this with Brian, cutaway. away. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, and I, that's totally true. It's like, I'll be having conversations with someone and to like not reference pop culture and to not like, change voice or like have these weird kind of like comments in the main outline of the conversation is very very difficult um mm-hmm. so I really liked what he had to say about that um and then I just I thought his overall um like ideas about how we've switched from like a uh, a written culture to an image culture I thought that was interesting um Don DeLillo who's uh, another writer he had he has a very like very good opinions about this as well where he's like if you're going to take like we've we've made things famous just by virtue of having taken photos of them and when you go into a place to visit it you're going to literally visit the photo uh like places like Mount Rushmore for instance or like he I think in this essay he was talking about just like there was a random barn in Iowa that got famous because just people would stop and take a picture with of it and uh so I but all that stuff to me it was like yeah i mean i get it we do that all the time now it's like there are places i mean look at nashville the little butterfly wings that everyone goes to it's like yeah that's literally not even a real artifact it exists primarily in the digital space which is strange Mm.
1: yeah i
0: i don't know i i like this
1: book (laughs) i like this book because it was just so easy for me to be (laughs) like to because i knew what the book was i knew he was referring to like before we started reading this because i i would have been wanting to read it for a few months now and i was even going to listen to the audiobook and started maybe like two months ago and i was like oh no this book needs to be digested through the word and oh um gosh, look at you you sound just <laughs> like them it's terrible t- <laughs> yeah. well yes that's that's probably why i like the book so much because it is everything i struggle with if you just remove tv with phones and social media and television with social media and everything that he's saying in the book it all still rings true i think people are just they're so uh ready to be entertained they need to be entertained there's no that's why like people suffer with like delayed gratification mm. if you can if you tell somebody that's like that's not hey. what
0: he's talking about though like that but wasn't it, what he was But thinking. it is that's the
1: that's the 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 main message is that we are getting supplied with this image world And not this scripted world to the point where everything loses all its meaning. We have so much that nothing means anything anymore.
0: I don't necessarily think that like things have to be difficult to, or things have to be like, so for instance, I like, I like to read still, you know, and I like to read not just like small books or whatever. I like to read huge, really difficult books. And I don't necessarily see them as like not entertaining just by virtue of like not being easy. Right. And like same thing with TV and same thing with like internet. It's like, but that's not,
1: I don't even think that's what he was saying though. He's not saying like the harder the mean like difficulty is valuable. I think he's just saying that by na- like in your brain, you're having to, you know, be you're having to digest it. You're having to analyze it. You're having to just it requires more stimulation and more intent and attending, yeah, than something that's just already chewed up for you and then given to you.
0: I agree. I just think like television. It is uh, it, television is different than the internet because it's less interactive, obviously. Um, so it's hard for me to one like make those. The same and like change it. A second thing is like television, you can be an active participant, but you kind of have to try. Um, like I, I remember I was showing, I've got a good buddy, and he's very, very intellectual. And we were just hanging out once and we watched uh American Psycho, uh, which was based off a book, I guess. But like we watched the movie, and I was expecting him just to be like, Oh, that was awesome or whatever but it ended up turning into like a four hour discussion about philosophy after it in America. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'll watch movies with people and it's just a way to go to sleep, Um, just like a passive thing, like a, you know, an entertainment massage. But it was, it was very much like an actively engaging educational experience for both of us. And so, you know, I think as someone myself who can, <laughs> who spent the last whole week watching Too Hot to Handle with his girlfriend, who also can like nerd out over Mad Men and like write papers about it, you know, I I, th- I see that these things coexist and like, um, the TV that's being made now is totally different than the TV that was being made then, and unfortunately we're we're kind of going back to some of the TV that was being made then, but we're we're sprouting we're sprouting all these other types of things. Um, in the process so it's just weird it's it's too fast to uh to be relevant i feel like hmm but like i just i'm hesitant to say that these things are bad and like har har we need to like read i don't only. think they are bad as much as to his point he was saying
1: how you like you you have to be able to separate the two you have to be able to be like all right it's the end of the day I want to spend, you know, an hour watching Mad Men, whatever you said and the other show, whatever you said. And I want to spend 30 <laughs> minutes on my phone just doing nothing, numbing out. Like numbing out, I guess if you've had a long, hard working day, that's fine. Yeah. But when you expect, when you're spending, and the average American is spending 17 hours, 10 to 17 hours on a screen all day, and you've got to know that of probably 90% of that if it's not your job. You're sitting there uh, just numbing out, scrolling, flicking, flicking yeah. through your TikTok, going through your Instagram, just doing nothing, nothing that's real world applicable. Like there's it's there's, just
0: it's like what he said. It's just something to talk about. And I, th- I thought that was like something interesting is like the what do you I say? The scariest word in the English language is "o." Oh, and then he was like, actually, I think it's now this. And he's talking about like uh, news people being like now this yeah when you're scrolling through instagram or whatever the that's exactly what it it is it's you look at a post and it's like australia's on fire and you're like oh damn and you now this and it's just like oh there was a bomb in beirut and it's now this and so like like puppy kissing a doll or it's like kissing a cat you're like oh cool now this yeah it's just so much the main use of that information is to tell someone that you knew it, which what I was talking about earlier is to be entertaining each other because this is not news. This is just That's like, so superficial. It's That's so superficial. superficial and so desensitizing
1: when you just constantly see
0: like, but I also think that people aren't realizing the agency that they have with these apps and they're not, they're acting like they're scrolling channels um, when they're going through their Instagram, when in fact, like you've got a search bar, (laughs) you've got like messages that with people, like I could, I could message Kanye West, you know, like I can search like something that directly affects my neighborhood or that. And I'm just not all, all day, every day. I'm not, I'm just, you know, what happened, what's going on here? What's this so that I can talk about it. And so I think that a lot of this is just laziness on, other people's part and i think we're becoming less and less lazy um and i think podcasts the fact that we can have podcasts is one of the reasons i think like uh algorithms are getting better with like apps like tiktok where it's like anyone like there's high quality content that is put on that app because people are like genuinely like thinking they can get an audience and curate niches and things like that Um, so i think the idea of uh interacting with your entertainment in just a passive way is going away and i think that's true in a lot of different um you know kind of avenues and industries so hopefully it gets better
1: i would like to think that but then you look at like I don't know Fauci being a celebrity and him just giving little sound bites. All that our was politics, too. All our politics is just little sound bites. Yeah. What I mean? What's the What's the main driver of culture if not, uh, you know, like our political political leaders? You know,
0: I want to talk on ball. that a little bit more because for some reason anyone that's on TV, TV still has like a greater significance. Like me and you can upload this and put it on the laptop, but and but the, everyone's like, oh, so what? Like you're on the internet, I'm on the internet. And I've got five thousand views on this one time, like my dog pooped on my shoe. But TV, right? on the TV, but, but the TV, something about you the know TV. somebody in Hollywood. I w- well, it's when always I was- been
1: held to such high esteem, I guess, throughout the yeah. past few decades. But you know, to your point, that I mean, I guess that's even going away with like millennials and and Zoomers. You know, the TV as per this book, was around since, what, the 60s, 70s, 80s? So, like, yeah. our parents uh, grew up with that stuff. And I mean, and people so they probably us- hold it more valuable, you know, when they see, like, a political leader giving a little speechy here, there. You know, yeah. being on TV still means something more to them than it is us.
0: But Yeah, I mean, people younger than us and people our age, I mean, they recognize YouTubers now. Like, I would still be kind of hard to recognize, like, a YouTuber. Whereas, like pretty much 90% of people who are on TV in some way, I would be able to recognize. Um, So that is still something that I thought was interesting, where it's like, if you do get on TV, it's kind of like a significance badge uh, that now you are significant. And for whatever the fucking reason, you can comment on anything because you've been on TV, which is like a credential enough, which is crazy.
1: As long as it's, you can comment on anything as long as it's, a part of the norm you you don't really have a freedom know, like man. you do like, on youtube and stuff i i promise you uh i don't know what's a popular show right now uh, what's that big bang theory i guarantee you none of their stars while that show is popular could have been like um yeah i just think that you know i would prefer trump over biden they would get canceled immediately
0: No. And that's happening in our sports,
1: too. That's happening in our sports, too. I mean, what I'm
0: saying is I can watch Fox News or CNBC and one of them could tweet and they would pull that up and have a picture of their face and like call them on for like a five minute discussion. Like, what did you really mean here? And it would kind of seem normal when in every other reality. It's like, why do we care about this person's political opinion? Right. It's like this is what Mark Cuban thinks about the the battle in syria or brexit it's like what are you yeah. talking about like this guy owns a an nba team yeah. and same thing I with like i think that's i think that's kind of the problem with medicine with, like what
1: <laughs> yeah i think that's one of the biggest problems we have facing today in society and just uh, politics in general and news in general is that we don't have anybody to the, the type of person like break the glass in case of emergency so in the, so do you know what i mean by that should i elaborate on that a little bit no you, know, just you Like br- when this person says it's bad it's actually bad yes we have nobody you know like if there's a fire like a pandemic yeah. fucking up the world we have no we look to nobody in this well, world in our society I we think- have nobody that's just like hey I need your opinion. I need you to tell all of us how to handle this. And that used to be the fucking president of the United States that we could all rely on. Shit's become so polarized because of fucking media. I'm saying (laughs) that word a lot, but it's become so polarizing because of the media and it's, it's, and it's, it's because it's clickbait entertainment. Everything's Mm -hmm. just entertainment. And that's kind of what this guy was saying, right? It's just this, this book was saying is that, all of our politics, everything is already chewed up and given to us and, and we're supposed to just accept it and we do because that's kind of how we're raised educationally. That's how we're come to believe how the world should be, because everything's just imagery. And and
0: so it just destroys a but lot I feel of like fabrics of society. All of that's 100 percent true and it's terrible. But I don't I don't like what I'm seeing sometimes is that we're looking at each other. Like, so in, in bad ways and in good ways, you know, it's like we're looking at each other to see what everyone else thinks by, yes, we still post uh article of something we didn't read, but then there's like a comment section, right? And then there's anonymous forums like Reddit or something where people are having like sometimes really in, informative intellectual debates. Um, and, you know, you, especially like, for instance, I started like trading stocks and stuff a lot uh, over the past year and like during the pandemic. And it was just mind blowing to see like how blatantly obvious the news and like spokespeople lie to us and how a collection of looking at you, uh, Wall
1: Street bets, looking at you, Jamie, looking at you, AMC stocks.
0: No, just right? a collection. It's not, it's more <laughs> stocks than just, that, dude. Yeah. Like, and that's, what's funny because you say that, cause that's what they say. Like, Oh, you, it's just these things. It's like, no dude. It's like, there's just random guys doing research on anything. And they're just sharing it with others. And so it's like when I, I feel like like when I want to learn something or find my news, there's a lot of times I just type Reddit after my Google search yeah. because it's like someone already like went through the bullcrap for me mm-hmm. and found it. And then inevitably three or four people call them on the bullshit. A hundred people agreed. And, you know, so we're having like, all of these lecture halls, all, But that- all
1: those are getting censored to in a degree i got kicked off of the nfl subreddit the other day i didn't say <laughs> anything controversial at all and when i said is a permanent ban really necessary he said lol yeah and the moderator banned me from communicating with him Ooh. so i mean so even these platforms that you're suggesting are kind of produced and censored to a degree i mean you look at the biden administration talking about how he's getting with uh, multiple social media accounts to block people for misinformation, even going as far as trying to get into, like, so, like, eventually, like, they're seeing the power. I would say, I would say this. Politics is beginning to see the power that individual creators are having, and they're going to, there's going to be a reckoning where they either censor these people altogether, and then they push out, you know, state-sponsored messages,
0: yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think it's just it's weird because um, like going back to that book, we read Freedom and it's talking about it's really, really hard to take the freedom away from people who have broken into small uh, factions. Uh, you know, I see that happening. And it's like even if you get kicked out of Reddit, I mean, there's you could join a Twitch stream, a Discord, a Telegram chat, like 12 different other things and still be in what uh, Postman Portsman was talking about with these lecture halls in, in the days of yay like you know we still have these things and they there's more of them and they're thriving harder than ever um, and so I, I, I just had a hard time with those concepts because it's like um, you know he was he was the, his main complaints though it's a shock that they still are there like the advertisements on tv but i just don't think it's for people like us i think the people like who are 50 60 70 still find meaning in those but i don't i don't know anyone our age that's getting fooled by tv ads yeah i mean
1: yeah i of course not i don't think that either but i th- i guess i just read it and i took away that when you have an entertainment-driven world like we have, we lose parts of what make us human. Yeah, and I and mean, I, think- I mean, it's even it's it's social skills, it's it's disabilities like like I said earlier, ADD and uh, social anxieties and stuff like that. It's it, it creates a whole list of issues. If you just want to talk about what millennials and Zoomers are on that even the whole entertainment driven crap is still creating
0: a whole host of issues. Yeah. The seeking pleasure is, is tough. Um, that's Absolutely. something that I don't necessarily like. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly how I feel about it yet. Um, I know for me, like and on a personal level, it's like, I have a hard time like drawing or creating song or, or doing anything kind of artistic that I do enjoy doing. I have a hard time doing it. And then just like, not sharing it because and I don't I I don't know if it's because I want likes or something I mean there's times where I only get like no likes and I still do it and I feel good about like putting it out there um but I sometimes wonder if you know like I have to get that kick of Hmm. even even just the asserting myself if that triggers some sort of dopamine hit just like asserting myself into the public if that does something or if it's the likes that gets me or but I don't know. I don't know. And I, I get, it's kind of like, like, like
1: intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation.
0: Yeah. And That's it's exactly like, what that is. I feel that with uh, like people who read, it's like, you got to post a picture of the book, right? Like you got to like, <sighs> I finished it. Great read. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, so it's like, did, can you, did you even, it's like that thing. Did you even read it unless you post it? Did you even go there unless you did it? Right. And, um, but I don't know. I, I think I'm coming from this perspective a little bit because, you know, I did live in China and there, there is the great Firewall wall. And I didn't use any Instagram or anything for a year. I think probably a year ish uh, to use your term, but like I, d- I wasn't on it at all. You know, I, at first it was just like kind of annoying to turn my VPN. And then I was like, I kind of just got used to it. And I was, I wrote like 20, 30 songs and I never, shared them or anything i did afterwards when i came back but like you know i took that really long time off of a a bunch of things and i probably readjusted my addiction i was watching a ton of like youtube (laughs) like a ton and uh listening to a ton of podcasts and things like that um but i don't know i just think that a lot of the qualms that i have with television are exactly the same as his but it's just different now because we can be so interactive with our own entertainment and it takes a little bit of self-discipline but like there's still a lot of ways to be entertained and still have like intelligent discussions with people and um yeah I just don't see it as doom and gloom I think we're past that I think this is our first
1: podcast where we're really just disagreeing. I'm just disagreeing with everything. I agree with, all, I agree with all the
0: things he said. I just, it's not 1985.
1: It's not 1985. And the TV isn't the big problem. It's the social
0: media that's the problem.
1: But the what social I'm saying media, like, is,
0: if you're a completely passive user of social media, and which, you just, Which most people are, right? Yeah, Would you say I, most I, people are? No, and that's what I was saying. They scroll through their feed like they're changing the channels. That's problematic uh, because all you're doing is you're seeing the same shit. You're seeing the channels that you subscribe to and you're also seeing advertisements every couple of channels, which is just like TV. So yes, in that sense, it's the same. But what I'm telling people is like... You've you've got the ability to post. You've got the ability to message. You've got the ability to search bar, look at hashtags, look at locations. It's a snorkel, not a swimming pool. And, you know, it's a snorkel in the ocean. I mean, not a swimming pool. And I think like people are just kind of like a little twisted. But if you have that awareness and maybe this book will give you that awareness. Yeah, I
1: think it's junk food. I think all this is junk food. All this screw, all no. this screw, all these TVs, all this phone stuff that we're doing is mostly junk food. Sure, well, you can if you, you can find the healthy food. sure you can find the the healthy fast food restaurant. Sure you can find the Chipotle in your TikTok views. Sure. <laughs> but most of it is McDonald's and Taco Bell. Most that's of my it point. is.
0: That's a, that's a that's a good point. That might be a good point. I see it more as a grocery store with aisles and if if you want if you want to just get on your instagram right now and delete all of the junk food and just if you really just follow like you know museums it's going to be a different experience and like history accounts it's going to be a different experience and that's what i'm saying is like and i I, i've been talking to people about About to go
1: delete everybody
0: dude get tiktok honestly (laughs) like no, oh, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want You to, have no idea how fun it is. And it, it's of fun. Of course and, it's fun. They designed it to be
1: fun. And that's that's another thing that perhaps I'm just very doom and gloom, like some would say, because I've read tons of AI books and stuff like that that tell us of a time where all our algorithms are going to be so tuned into us that they're going to give us everything and we're not going to have to think for ourselves. And then everybody Search or all bar. these higher ups can do whatever they want. Search but bar. even your search bar, like your search bar will be able to be like, OK, so this guy is a mid 20 year old single guy and he seems to like this, this and this. I bet
0: he'll I, also I like this. But people think they have no agency to fight back to just create new accounts, have four accounts. I was talking to one guy and he was like, yeah, Instagram's really his name was Harry. He's like a British guy. And he's like, Instagram's really like tough sometimes, you know, like I want to follow my friends and family and keep up with the news. But sometimes my feed is just dark. He's like, I've got a second account called Harry Smiles, and it's just dogs. (laughs) (laughs) It's just dogs and some sports. (laughs) And it's like, dude, everybody who complains about it, it's like, take some agency, create your own account, find a niche. Like, have I don't understand. Like, that's what I don't get is like the hate. When the, and they're acting like they can't change anything. Like you can totally create a new account. People have those Finstas. I know people enjoy stuff like that where it's just like, this is the raunchiest side of me, you know, whatever. But I mean, same thing. It's like you can have, you know, if you don't like your YouTube suggested, just create a little new YouTube and I don't know, start it over. Uh, no one's stopping people from doing that. And so I just think we have too much agency in our entertainment to, um, You know, I think we can discipline ourselves and still learn and still be entertained and all this, all these other things.
1: I think maybe I'm just anti technology. I also like to think about what it's a mirror, dude. It's a mirror. I also like to think about what happens when um, China EMP bombs us and we have no tech. You know how. Fricked, everybody's going to be in the United States. Oh, man. Like, like just ima- like imagine. EMP, boom. What do we do? What do we do?
0: I don't know. We don't even need a fire and nuke. What does EMP everything? Let's All right, let's, let's finish off the last 10 minutes with an EMP discussion of when China EMPs <laughs> us. I don't know, dude. I think what would happen, I would freak out. I mean, EMPs, that means we can't even, like, how many do you how many people do you think would die? Like a lot of people, I mean, would... grocery stores with no energy and nobody knows how to have food. It would be it'd be pretty quick. I mean, everybody in the hospital would die pretty soon. Um, you think half of the population of the United States dies within how,
1: how quickly would half the population of the United States die if we EMP? were EMP'd and we couldn't get anything back? If if so EMP EMP implying all the electrical grids fried. So does EMP affect cars? They do, right?
0: The the technology in cars and most of them yeah. run, most of them have to get yeah. started somehow. <laughs> yeah. So nobody can travel. I guess
1: you would probably just go to some people can like your family. Travel. You would you'd probably just go to your family, right? If you like or like find a close knit group. And then, what would you do? Scavenge for food. I mean, the first, first couple, you're gonna ra- there's gonna be a lot of killing. People would kill for whatever's left in the grocery stores, um, and people would just probably try to band together in groups. Like- I think
0: for half though, for 150 million people to die, yeah, it's got to be a couple years. You think? I mean, there's gonna be a huge death probably at the year mark Huge spike. then after that first you know population wave
1: goes <laughs> yeah. well i'm just Maybe i'm you're... also thinking about starvation and drinking water
0: and stuff like that i mean oh, dude unreal i have no idea because i have no idea how our world works like every time <laughs> i every dude let every it,
1: Put it on podcast. Put it on Instagram. Every single
0: time. Like, that's what I'm telling you, because I'll be I'll be watching a video or something like this is how the water actually gets to your faucet. And I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, you know, like genius. Who thought of that? I have no idea how we're talking to each other right now. I have no idea how all the lights are on. I have no idea how the Uber gets to me in three minutes when I just push a button. I a conversation. I don't know, the, with I don't my know how the button
1: I had my a conversation with my friend Aaron a few days ago about how's a car work. I have no idea how a car works. No. Like- and I fig and I figure though, but I figure though, back in like the forties and fifties, whenever the car started becoming like really big that like people kind of had like a general idea of how it worked. Right. No, they're pretty simple cars. Right. And they were just like, yeah, this is my engine. I mean, I, I guarantee you your dad and my dad know how to, work on cars way better than we do. And then their dads probably knew how to work on cars way better than they did, right?
0: <sighs>
1: yes and no. <laughs> you yes see what and I'm no. saying them, though? Because they kind of had to. Back then you kind of just fix things. You couldn't just go buy another car. You had to fix it. You, didn't, you couldn't <laughs> just buy another toaster oven. You had to fix the toaster oven.
0: Yeah, I know. Or read like,
1: like a manual, read a manual.
0: Yeah yeah i mean you're not wrong you're not wrong i That's sometimes one of the great feel things like oh am YouTube. i like not a man because i can't do these things but i can do no. them i just have to like sit and figure it out and I a think youtube that, video how to fix your car how to fix your carburetor yeah i think we're way better at teaching ourselves than they are or
1: ever were um, well i don't think no i don't think that i think that we have we've grown up with technology that we know how to access this technology for the information that we so yeah. desire and we know we have that ability rather than because we grew up with it yeah I don't, I don't think it's necessary that they can't, acquire. but also, I th- I think, you know,
0: it's it's hard. I, I'm sure when we're 40, 50, we're gonna know how to do things. Or anyway, we're getting off the EMP subject. Yeah. I think, um, where were we? Yeah, I don't know how to do anything, um, that would be tough, <laughs> but what I do know how to do is make food. I mean, dude, growing food is such an easy thing to do. So, you know, right you, now, I'm New uh,
1: New I don't know, man. I'm trying to grow some plants and they're not trying to um, grow some pepper plants and and i was told that you know just put them in the sun they like a lot of sun and you give them water every couple of days and um yeah not really bearing
0: fruit mm-hmm. i think yeah we would have to so rely you, on small communities um you'd have to get in much. with your family mm-hmm, That's so yeah, it's all about it's all about like kevin bacon's like who do you know that knows someone that has like land who do you know that knows someone that knows someone that has a boat that can travel from here to there who do do you know that knows someone you know at
1: a time of crisis like that they're not gonna just be like hey i knew this guy and he was in my second year
0: biology class i'll let him come aboard like no that's why you
1: i don't know how you gotta gotta have
0: you gotta have something to offer bro it's like if you don't have shit to offer like (laughs) then you can't you can't really do it (laughs) But, sure enough, I mean, I think that let's let's go ahead and aim for that to be a nice goal for the podcast. Is no matter what, you should at least have one skill, one thing that's of value to society when entertainment is of no value anymore. One um,
1: electronics, yeah.
0: Or just we'll just say entertainment. So that's the book. You're right. Yeah. When when, when right. there's no need to be, but even then,
1: we had a jester. We could we could. We could be a king's gesture in the land of the EMP. America. Yeah, but not
0: everybody can be a jester. And that's what we have right now.
1: Everybody's a jester. Yeah. Can we agree on that? If we can't agree on anything else in this podcast that
0: we can maybe <laughs> Dude, agree. We totally agreed. I just don't think that all of the things he said are still happening.
1: And I think they're happening just in different ways, I guess. Oh Yeah,
0: I mean, sure. But also, I feel like that's more of a choice. Here's some, let's,
1: let's actually end this on a quick bit. I wrote down got, some things. We got to rate it. We got to rate it. We'll rate it. Um, let me think here. Did not know that all these big colleges were founded on Christianity. Oh, dude, we didn't even get into the religious bit. I hadn't. Well, it was boring. It read like a fricking jaded atheist. Um, that's, that's, that was my take. Uh, yeah. But didn't know that Webster spelling book. I'm guessing that's Webster Dictionary nowadays, was put out in 1700s, sold 24 million copies. Pretty impressive, right? Mm. Um, The literacy rate, they said back in like from 1860 to 1890 in Connecticut had like an 85 to 90% reading rate for men. I thought that was really impressive, like a literacy rate. And now what 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 do we read at in America? It's like at a sixth grade level, the average American reads at like a sixth or seventh grade level.
0: Yeah, but sixth and seventh graders are getting continuously smarter. <laughs> oh, whatever. Not, they are. No, not on
1: intelligent quotients. Um, let's see what else. Uh, um, oh, think of a world where we didn't keep up with time. We didn't keep, like we, mm. not in a numbers way. The We would keep up with time. Think of a world where we keep up with time by sun and moon and the
0: seasons. Be pretty wild, right? Yeah, that would be fun. I would enjoy that. I'd be would, of scared. Right? of I think,
1: I think that's kind of my thing, like, reading this book and being so anti-tech is because, like, I favor a world where I just live in a small, like, 100-person village out on the land, and we live off land. Like, I want that. want to be that. a cult leader. I get it. <sighs> no, I want to be a god, and I want to lead a cult. That's what that is. I don't want to be the cult leader because he always... Yeah,
0: You want to be second in command. Yeah, that's I want always to be the good. best. <laughs> All
1: right, right. What would you rate right. the book, doo-doo? I'll rate it four screens out of five. You've honestly kind of dampened my view. I think I was gonna go four and a half screens out of five, but then you kind of, you know, you you, you know, you love oh. the score. But that's what's good about reading books and discussing them like we do, is that we get a different side and yeah. And I get, mean, I was get, gonna we go get our views balanced.
0: I was going to go probably like three, but after talking to you, I'll probably give it a 385. 385.
1: I appreciate that. And I could probably even meet you there, and honestly, at a 385.
0: I genuinely, I genuinely liked it. I know I kind of came off with pushback, but not because I didn't like it, just because it was exciting that it sparked conversation. And for me, it was exciting that I was like, oh, I've got new things to add to all of the things that were true then. Yeah. Um, I thought it very
1: thought provoking in that way. Yeah, exactly. Especially, like I said, when I was going through the book and just replacing TV and television with uh, cell phones and social media.
0: Yeah. And And it's going to I mean, all of the all the crazy shit he was talking about, about like politicians, especially that's going to get even weirder with deep fakes. And like with Mm -hmm. I mean, it's already weird that we've got like basically fake presidents reading us words off of screen that. Only they can see, and it's it's already yeah. weird, um, and like we don't even know who's actually tweeting these things, and like we don't even know where you know it's all weird already. But now with these deep fakes, it's gonna get weirder.
1: Yeah, it's all. I don't
0: know. I think okay, and
1: then we'll 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 end it on who we think this should be aimed for. Probably like a freshman college course, or like a yeah. I, I know, think anyone social studies freshman course.
0: Anyone who's course? super interested in um. Media uh, epistemology, like education, um uh, journalism, politics, um, even religious texts or something. I could see this book being super useful.
1: Sure enough. Well, I'm sure we could talk a little bit more, but we're a bit on a time crunch. Um, this is the dude cast. I am Austin.
0: <laughs> I'm Levi.
1: <laughs> and uh thanks for tuning in, guys. And yeah, girls. Yeah.
0: Peace. And dudes and everything in between. And future us. And future us. We didn't sound that bad, future us. Believe in yourself. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Bye. Yay.